Welcome to the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast. Newsmakers in the world of New Orleans area sports in candid conversations with members of the Crescent City Sports Team. Presented by Southland Plumbing Supply. Local, family-owned, and operated since 1967 with locations in Metairie and in Mandeville. And now, this week's edition of the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast. I am Lenny Van Gilder. Welcome to this edition of the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast. This week's guest is in his 23rd year at his alma mater and his 16th as head coach. His program has become one of the most visible in the nation thanks to a quarterback with a very familiar last name. Please welcome Isidore Newman head coach Nelson Stewart. Nelson, it's uh, it's good to have you with us here. Uh, you get a little uh, you get a little break this week uh, with 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 a bye in the playoff schedule. Uh, how are you spending this week trying to, uh, you know, end the regular season and get ready for the postseason? Well, first, Lane, thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, uh, just you guys even thinking to bring me on to talk a little football. But, you know, we uh, it was a surprise buy. We actually thought we were going to uh, host this week with North Lake Christian. Uh, they elected to opt out. So we kind of came together, I think, and formulated a plan. I think that um, you know, having two weeks really to prepare for your opponent, um, I think, uh, you know, lends itself to a number of, uh, I guess, different avenues, however you want to go after it. I think, number one, uh, we want to stay fresh. We're able to do a really good film session Monday, um, finish up some of the details from the South Blackman game. I thought we played well, but there are corrections. And then um, speed up practice. I think it's really important you stay fresh. You want to try and obviously uh, stay injury-free as preventative as possible and uh, and also sharpen some things up. One of the things that you hear all the time is, you know, the little things. Maybe it's a little uh, blitz you didn't pick up a while ago or some of the, you know, techniques and whatnot. So we've really tried to uh, go back through and, and sharpen some things up. We're still doing some competitive drills, um, you know, do our blitz pickups, things like that. But um, just stay fresh and follow our routine. We're going to have our pregame on Friday, and we just kind of pushed every day. We'll come and work out Saturday and – uh, look, we got a really good Episcopal team, I think, in terms of uh, you know who we're going against. They've, they've improved each other week. They've been 19 straight regular season games. Um, hadn't seen their new facility, but uh, yeah, two weeks of long lull uh, to open the state quarterfinals. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, it's kind of different. It's almost like you're uh, you're preparing for a Super Bowl. Maybe you can uh, maybe you get Peyton and Eli to give you a little advice on how they how they go about uh, two weeks getting ready for a uh, for a game. Yeah, no, I think. Uh, you know, so I, I, one of the things he's, I, you know, Peyton has always given me good advice on is uh, the detail piece in terms of, you know, really making sure you cover the little things, everything from, a, you know, wet ball drill to scramble drills to uh, I think it's in the details and not getting in a hurry. But, yeah, I think they're doing pretty well with their Monday night uh, broadcast and just saw they're going to be helping, I think, with Caesars and all. They always got something going on. So uh, I, I, I think they're booked, but. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I would imagine they'd probably know better than myself how to handle a, a bye week. Yeah, the. Uh, yeah, they 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 certainly have encountered just about everything over the course of of their careers. Let's get to the Manning name a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of attention has been thrown your team's way over the last couple of years, not just because you're winning football games, but because Arch Manning is your quarterback. How, as a program, have you handled that? Obviously, the. You know, the family is dealing with a lot of the things in, in terms of arts. You can you can certainly support that, but you've still got an entire football program to run. How have you handled you know, some of the things that have come your way over the last couple of years? Well, I, th- I think the most important thing is um, 
the process has been a lot easier than you might think because of how Arch is uh, as a person, uh, as a player. Um, you know, he has a tremendous uh, amount of humility in everything that he does. He's hardworking. He's a captain. He's a great teammate and um, doesn't like the attention, doesn't draw attention to himself. So uh, that makes it a lot easier. I will say that. And, um, you know, I think I've always tried to go by the motto going all the way back to middle school that I focus on the first name, not the last. I think he's Arch and I don't make comparisons. I try and coach him each and every day. Um, it's still high school football. It still needs to be fun. I think that uh, all that exterior pressure that you can see and the national attention and whatnot. Um, I think it's nice, you know, for the school. Uh, and I think that obviously he's very intriguing in terms of his talent and the kind of player he is, but I've really focused on developing him. I try and coach him the same way I did Martin Butcher, Jay Tyler, you know, Miles LaPere, Ryan Brenner, Wes Luquette, the list goes on and on of the guys have had that, you know, really just try and, you know, make him as good a quarterback as he can be. And also uh, we got 70 some odd other kids, you know, so um, we're very team centric. I think that's important. We don't have numbers on our jerseys. Um, we really don't talk about individual accomplishments. Um, you're not going to see me on Twitter. You're not going to see me announcing so-and-so got this award or that. We just don't do that. We really do focus on our team accomplishments and uh, he blends very well with that. And, um, you know, like I say about him, it's, it's nice when you have a kid that never, if he gets a, you know, scholarship offers, never blessed and humbled to receive anything and announce to everyone. He's just very low key. So um, I'd like to think, hopefully I've handled it well. I do appreciate his parents putting so much faith in me um, in terms of the recruiting process. They really uh, delegated a lot. And that's been helpful to kind of stand in front of him and hopefully uh, take as much pressure off as I can. But, um, you know, look, Cooper and Ellen, and uh, they, they've handled it just beautifully in terms of how they've gone through so authentically, um, very humble, workmanlike, and so detailed. So uh, it's a collaborative effort, but I have to give so much credit to his family for how well it's gone. Now, you mentioned Cooper, and of course you mentioned Peyton and Eli previously. You got a chance to uh, be around as a, as a student and a player for, for some of that time when they were there. You don't want to necessarily compare skill sets and things like that, but what's it like now coaching Arch as opposed to having played alongside dads and uncles? You know, it's surreal, and I say that because I, you know, I, uh, an, an interview the other day, someone asked me, and it, 30 years ago um, was really to me when, you know, my football life at Newman started. And that was 1991, Haynesville State semifinals. We came within a breath of the Superdome. And Cooper uh, was the wide receiver on that team. He was all state, he was all everything. Obviously, signed with Ole Miss. And, um, you know, I think going back, um, you know, the Mannings were such a big part, um, I think, of of my football journey as it started. I thought, you know, really Cooper and Peyton that season really launched us into, uh, I like to think what we are today in terms of, you know, uh, the program we've become and what we've done. I think they transformed that. And, um, you know, growing up, uh, it was yesterday that we were in the garden district at their house, running around just kids at Newman school. And, um, you know, I, I think to everyone, obviously there's such a, uh, there's such a name that resonates in football to me. That's the, uh, the kids I grew up with. Uh, they're, they're guys that have always remained close to new Orleans, uh, very grounded, hardworking. And um, I'll say this in a million years uh, going back to that cold night uh, against Haynesville, 
Uh, I never would have thought 30 years later, my first teammate's son at Evercoach would be Coopers and it would be Art. So um, it's been magical in that sense. And uh, it's really rewarding when your former teammates, you know, come back and you get to coach their sons and they put that level of faith in you. So um, it's been surreal, um, but I'm just very appreciative of the opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, now there's so many more St. Villary, Jack Nesser guys that were all on that team a little bit younger, but um, you know, Arch is, uh, it's again, it's just surreal. That's all I can say. I mean, I went here 13 years. I've been here 23. Uh, The majority of my life's been spent on this campus. And so I've been able to really see it grow. Uh, And and it's just, you know, life's come full circle, but uh, it's very rewarding. You you talk about your time there uptown. You also spent uh, a few years down the street Mm -hmm. at Tulane and you were a part of a a very special team in 1998. Uh, You know, that, that undefeated team, Talk about your experience there and how maybe, you know, that that helped you prepare yourself to be a coach, perhaps. The coaches you had at, you know, at Newman playing for Coach Reginelli and and then coming to Tulane, you know, you were there for for Buddy Tevens and for Tommy Bowden. What did, uh, you know, what what did you learn from those guys that helped prepare you to be a coach? Well, I think you just said, I think at first the unique part uh, for me was I was actually able to be on uh, Coach Reginelli's last team at Newman, Peyton senior year. Uh, then Frank Dusa, who's such a big part of my life, came in and his first year as head coach was lucky to be a captain. My good friend Craig Clayson, and um, you know, you got to really see, um, you know, high school level. I thought great coaching and guys that really cared, and they really helped push me to, you know, try and play college football. Um, when I went to Tulane, I was a walk-on lineman, and a guy that you hear so much about now that uh, sometimes I think gets left. Uh, people I'm talking about is Buddy Tevens. Uh, you know, Coach Tevens was a phenomenal recruiter. Uh, when I got there, um, he he really assembled just some outstanding student athletes. You know, Jamaican Dartez and Sean King and the guys that were PJ Franklin, that Juwan Dawson, that were in my class uh, that that signed. And you know, really, what I was able to do is one, you got to see uh, the humanity in terms of how he did things. I thought he was a really good person. And I thought, you know, I was younger, it didn't go out. You could see the success he's had now at Dartmouth. It's all kind of come full circle for him, which is rewarding. And and I think that the biggest thing is, you know, my third year to see the job Coach Bowden did just transforming a program. Uh, they came in and it was just like a lightning bolt. I remember the first mat drill we had in the morning. Um, it was the energy and the intensity was unlike anything I had seen. And that really, you know, we had seven wins um, that first year. And uh, it was amazing. I remember it almost felt like there was no satisfaction. It wasn't good enough. And Coach Bowden, I remember, you know, he wasn't going to just go play in any bowl game. He wanted to go take it to another level. And I just how hard we worked and how much we attacked everything. I don't necessarily even think we always had more talent. I think it was just Coach Rodriguez, you know, that probably to me from an offensive standpoint really changed the way I looked at football when you saw, you know, tempo and, terms of the spread offense and how to manipulate numbers and really out execute. And then a defense that flew around. It was less about how big you were. It was more about how fast you were and how you could run the ball. And, um, you know, that, that undefeated season um, was unlike, I don't know if you ever see anything like that again, uh, because it was the same players, but they just transformed everything. And um, I, I kind of, I think, um, I had good line coaches. I think it's important to say it, Larry Zerline and Ron West that you really got to learn up front. And I learned so much about football. Uh, once we were out, uh, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I called French and Dusa, and I've been very fortunate to be here 23 years. But, um, you know, I, I just think when you saw 
that culture shift and that Thanksgiving night against Louisiana Tech when the dome was full in a million years, you never thought that could happen. And, and I still say, you know, that made me kind of realize anything's possible. It's a great sport. And we just had, you know, uh, a little support. We had the right staff. And I think that's important. It's not just one person. I think there was just so many great assistants that have gone on, you know, Burton Burns and, you know, so many of those guys that have, you know, elite coaches and, that's again, for me in football, I've tried to, you know, if you can have the humility of Buddy Tevens uh, and yeah, the toughness and going through that, you know, what he's now Tommy Bowden, the wherewithal, I've tried to build a staff with that same motto. And then that attack mindset offensively and defensively, they just, um, that was really my formative years of being a player. It wasn't easy. It was some of the hardest things I ever did. Uh, but, but, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because it just made such an impact on me. Great stuff. Our guest, Newman coach Nelson Stewart. More of the Crescent City Sportsmakers podcast after this from Southland Plumbing Supply. DLSU Report brought to you by Southland Plumbing, lighting appliances and generators in Metric and Mandeville. How about them Tigers? I never thought I could be so proud to be a Tiger after a loss. With three chances to take the lead in the last five minutes of the game, 29-point underdog LSU comes up empty and falls to bitter rival Bama 20-14. When you get talented players who are just proud to wear purple and gold and not concerned about their draft status, that's the kind of effort you get. A defense made up of players you never heard of pulls Bama to 300 total yards, 90 in the second half, and six total yards rushing. Tigers gave Satan a hell of a scare. Get it? Next up, 637 in Death Valley, the Arkansas Pigs, fresh off a 31-28 victory over the Cowbells. Remember, buy local and buy from a Tiger. You just got the lowdown of the Tigers from this past week from my man. No, that's my man. My man. A.V. Allen Venturella. Family owned and operated for over 50 years. Crescent City Sportsmakers podcast continues with our guest, the head coach of the Isidore Newman Greenies. Nelson Stewart. Nelson, some fascinating stuff about your your time at Tulane there. And you know, pretty much you mentioned right after that, it was back to your high school alma mater and where you've been ever since. Seven years in the system, now sixteen years as a head coach. It doesn't seem like you're old enough to have been in this for, for that <laughs> long, but this is, you know, you're you're closing in here on a on a quarter century of coaching. That's uh you know, we're you know, we talk about long-standing careers, and of course, probably the first guy we bring up is somebody like J.T. Curtis. But but you're closing in now in 25 years in coaching, and you know, 16 of those thus far have been as a as a head coach. How have you evolved as a coach over that time? Well, you know, I think you have to. I think for me, it's uh, I'd like to think I always try and have a growth mindset in everything I do. And um, you know, I think the first thing is. Um, to me, I've, I've tried to mature each and every year. And as you get older, you, you distance yourself from some of those uh, players age wise. I think that um, it's good from a sense of, you know, when you're initially you're younger, maybe sometimes they look up at you as more uh, almost like a big brother at times. And you're fighting that in terms of trying to, you know, keep that maturity, keep that distance and one that long ago. And then, you know, as you get older, it, it, your role changes in a, you know, more the mentor fatherly role that I think is important that we all have. And um, I think that more than anything in coaching, you have to keep growing. You have to keep evolving. I, I do take great pride in how one, our staff, I talk so much about them that, you know, when I first came in, a lot of the guys that coached me were still on the staff, which was so neat because I could learn from them, you know, all the nuances of, um, 
how they formulated practice, how they scouted a lot of the old school techniques that you hear about. And, you know, more recently is some of those guys have, um, you know, retired, moved on. Uh, we have a huge staff. When I was first came in, we had 39 kids and we had, I think, you know, maybe four assistants. Now I've got eight uh, or we have well over 70 players. And um, I give those guys credit as some of them, maybe even our old players have come back, but I think you have to, you know, continue to grow. When we started out um, for me as a, uh, head coach, it was, hey, I was running the weight room, coaching some offensive line, going a little faster. But uh, I really tried to grow as our players have come through. I, I, I put it in little errors. I think as Wes Luquette came in, we started throwing more vertically, pushing it downfield, using some of those zone read concepts, spread concepts that you saw. That was a lot of fun. And we had to try and score a lot of points. That's when John Curtis was in our district. So we had to try hard. Uh, and then after Wes went and Odell Beckham came in, um, that was a real fun time for me because Ryan Brenner as a quarterback uh, was really a precision passer. So we did a lot more option routes and some of the wildcat stuff. And I really could grow, uh, I thought, offensively in terms of how we wanted to do attack. And we were able to, you know, we kept winning a little more. And with Ronnie Vinson, um, same type deal, you know, from their athleticism, what they could do. And then going from there to Miles LaPere, where we started doing a little more of the RPO things going downfield. And then Jay Tyler came in. And I think that, Really, for me, in 2013, we went to the state semifinals uh, with he and Kendall Bussey and play Catholic New Iberia. That's when it was full circle of, okay, now we're getting closer. And then, you know, more recently, Martin Butcher uh, as a quarterback and, you know, going undefeated. And, again, semifinals back-to-back years, and it's kind of led us to arch. And I think that, you know, we, we've tried to stay on the cutting edge as much as we can in terms of growth from a tempo standpoint, a personnel standpoint, how we're – working meetings, filming practices more. And, um, and also I think we're, we're, we're working hard. We come in on Sunday, we put a lot of time in as a staff and we feel like, and I feel like my job is to put our kids in the best possible position to win. And the only thing I can say, I guess, in conclusion is I live for each year for each year. Uh, I, I don't look in the rearview mirror much. I don't get in front of myself. I think that's the key to longevity. Um, you know, uh, you know, haven't burned out one bit. Uh, I don't hunt, I don't fish, I don't golf. This is my life outside my family. And I'm, I'm blessed that I have something that I love so much that I can do. And it's nice when it's at your alma mater, uh, you know, and now you see guys you played with and uh, I love the school so much and I have such a deep affection for the school. You know, I, I do hope that we're able to, Bring home that that mythical state championship per se, and maybe we can get a banner up next to the hundred five others. And uh, it won't be because we haven't worked, but um, it's a labor of love. It's selfless, uh, and that's really what coaching is. You you better do it for the kids and for the right reasons. And um, I'm just all about them, and I just try and stay honorable, have humility, and do things the right way. You've done this before, I can tell. <laughs> uh, you mentioned you mentioned a name there in, the, in that answer who's been in the news this week, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting there as a free agent still as we record this podcast. Uh, as someone who's from New Orleans and obviously who coached Odell, how great would it be to see him come back to New Orleans if things were able to work out and, and he were able to be a saint? Well, you know, I've texted him and, and nudged him a little on that. I'm obviously a little selfish on that front. And, um, I, you know, I think first and foremost um, for his decision, he's got to make the best choice for him. I think, you know, he's almost 30 years old and uh, this will be his third team. And you want him to go to an organization where, um, 
you know, he can flourish, obviously has unique skill set. I think that uh, you hope that he can go somewhere. We can get good chemistry uh, with a quarterback. I think that's really, really important. I think he's obviously struggled a little bit. I feel like in the past year or so he had, I thought he was great with Eli when he was young and uh, he's still a great teammate. He's still a tireless worker. I think he'll, wherever he goes, he's going to work very hard. And um, I, for me, if you were to come back, it'd be surreal. I mean, I can't even imagine that you never, uh, you never would imagine that I'd send a picture of the scoreboard to him the other day and saying, just so you know, it'd be nice if you, you may come home. And he, uh, he texted back. I think it'd be a, um, a really neat end uh, to his journey. If he was able to do that. Uh, I know, obviously they, they've reached out. I think that um, he's been in contact, but I am happy. It seems like that he's taking his time. He's not going to make an emotional decision. I think he's going to put a lot of thought into it. And um, you know, I, I would love it. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, obviously now, um, you know, where they are, I think it's uh, it's a shame, you know, James Winston's gotten hurt. But if you look long term, I think that, you know, they should be built for success. And, um, hey, you know, I think he went back to the Superdome to play in the national championship. Uh, I think it'd be nice if he got to play on Sundays there. So um, it would be wonderful. It'd be great for the city. It'd be great for Newman. Um, but, you know, everything's got to align for it. But, uh, you know, I would be very supportive. But really whatever he chooses, uh, I'm going to continue to advocate for him and support him because I think he's such a special young man. And, um, you know, hey, he's almost 30 years old now. And uh, like I said, I just uh, – I enjoy each year I get to see him play football. So uh, I do think he's got a lot left. I do think he's got a lot of explosiveness. And wherever he goes, I think he still has the potential to be an elite football player in the National Football League. It's funny. I was talking to Episcopal coach Travis Bourgeois last week, and, of course, that's who you're going to face – next week and he was talking about just how deep the division three bracket is even though it's not massive you're only talking about an 11 team bracket out there but there are probably seven eight really good teams as it stands now you know barring an upset you're not even going to play a home game in these playoffs as it were that's a it just shows you the depth of of what you're about to move into yeah, no, it's crazy. I think there's, uh, you know, I was talking to Wayne Stein the other day. There's no good draw. I mean, as you look at it, I know everybody talks about Lafayette Christian for good reason. Um, you know, they've won so many state championships back to back. They have such good talent, well coached what they do. But, man, uh, we saw St. Charles Catholic. I think they're as good a defense as you'll find any division, uh, you know, anywhere. I think they're that good. Uh, people all of a sudden, you know, you can forget how good Notre Dame is. Louis Cook is a heck of a football coach and they can run the football old school defense. And now all of a sudden St. Charles, who had done everything right, is going to have to go uh, to Crowley to play. And I think that's a tough place, but that's a great matchup if they're able to get through Dunham. Uh, and, you know, Dunham is a, a very dangerous team. Uh, they're explosive. Neil Weiner, such an innovative offensive mind. I got to see, you know, them against Episcopal. And wow, they do a great job. Uh, and then Ascension Episcopal, uh, they have a really good running quarterback. They're really good. And then you add in a you know Episcopal Baton Rouge, where undefeated again, and that's after losing you know so many great players last year. But they reload, and I think that's a credit to uh, Travis and his staff. And they're at that point, so um, yeah, it can be dizzying. Um, but I, I think that the depth of it. Uh, the coaching and the programs in it. Um, you, you just can't sleep on anybody. I think everybody's good. Um, you like to think everybody's got an opportunity. So um, that's where the preparation comes in. And you go on Friday night knowing it. There are no gimmies. It's going to be a war. So, yeah, I, uh, I'll i say that. I don't, I don't. Everybody asks me, do you like your draws? Like, I don't think you can. Whoever you play is going to be really good. So 
um, you know, we, everybody's got their work cut out from in Division Three. No doubt. Division Three championship game is December 4th, just down the road from you at Yeoman Stadium. You alluded to this earlier. What would it mean to get Newman to a championship game for you as an alumnus and for the entire school community? Well, I, you know, uh, I, I don't even know how to sum it up until we even did it because it's been uh, such a long journey. Um, it would mean a lot. I think it would uh, for our school, for our kids. Um, to take that step, I think, would, would really speak volumes about, um, you know, where, where, how far we've come. For me, it's been a 30-year journey. It really has. And if we're able to take that step and get in that moment, um, I, I, I think that it would, it would come full circle and all the, all the hours of work, all the, all the players. I think that's the biggest thing. I think it would mean so much for, you know, every player that's ever played Newman football. I think that's the thing that you hear so much about, you know, the guys now, but man, there's so many players, uh, you know, a hundred thousand, you know, guys that have played in years past uh, across the country to finally see us get there and, and selfishly, you know, seeing it, it at Yeoman, that makes it extra special for me. So um, I can tell you this, it won't be because we're not prepared. It won't be because we didn't work hard. It won't be for any other reason besides it just wasn't our time, but I believe our time will come. Um, we just have to focus on each and every game. And uh, I sometimes I tell the kids, you can dream big, focus small, but we're so focused each week that um, I think the first time it would hit me would be if that as the horn went off and if we we're able to win that semifinal game, uh, I'll let it sink in then, but I've just got to gotta stay working like what we're doing. And um, hopefully that day will come because uh, it, it would mean an awful lot. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Enjoy the rest of the bye week. Everybody else uh, pretty much getting started this week in the, in the high school playoffs. It will be next week for Newman making the trip to Baton Rouge to take on Episcopal. Thanks to our guest, Newman head coach Nelson Stewart. The Crescent City Sportsmakers podcast is a presentation of Crescent City Sports. Join us again next time for more conversations with area newsmakers in the world of sports. Until then, thanks for joining us and so long, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Crescent City Sportsmakers podcast presented by Southland Plumbing Supply. Local, family-owned, and operated since 1967 with locations in Metairie and in Mandeville. Subscribe to our podcast through your favorite provider. Then join us each week for more candid conversations with newsmakers in the world of New Orleans area sports. It's all on the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast.